This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. I think this is where King Arthur differentiates ourselves. We put a lot of energy and effort into our approach to building our own audience. We think about it as both baking education as well as inspiration. And this diverse approach to content builds up over time. It's not a one-hit wonder. Over the last five years, we've grown our audience significantly. Our website this past year got almost 50 million unique visitors. But our social media, our email audience, different digital channels have their own fairly large scale. And so by doing that, we're in constant contact with our consumers throughout the year. Welcome to today's episode of Brave Commerce. I'm Rachel Tippograph, the founder and CEO of Micmac. I'm Sarah Hofsetter, president of Profitero. And this is a show that talks about what's relevant in e-commerce for the world's biggest brands. Sarah, it's wild to think about some of the categories or some companies that have been accelerated or destroyed by the power of search. Yeah, I remember it was on the podcast, although I don't remember the guest but maybe they can comment on like LinkedIn and remind us. Somebody who said that you could hide a dead body on the page two of search results. And it just goes to show how invisible you are when your brand is not discoverable. Sarah, this just makes me think of the time that you told me about your organic search story. Oh, it was organic, all right. Um, <laughs> so one of the first things that at I did when I got into the social media space, like whatever, 15 years ago, is try to convince customers that social media content would help your organic search results. And our first campaign was for a TV show on HGTV called Living with Ed. 
back in the day of 15 years ago, if you wanted to know what time a TV show was on, you didn't have like, you know, Netflix or even DVR, you just basically had day, date, time network. So if you wanted to know when a TV show was on, if you didn't actually get TV guide delivered to your door, now I'm dating myself, you Googled it. And so when you Googled living with Ed, you ended up with results for Cialis, Viagra, because living with Ed is also living with erectile dysfunction. (laughs) So you may have been looking for a show on HGTV, but you got redirected in the wrong place. So we use social media to boost those organic search results by inviting bloggers and other UGC to write content about the TV show and link back. And we ended up kicking Viagra to page five, which I think the Sopranos basically use page five uh, as their as their potter's field, if you will. Love this search arbitrage story. And here we are about to bring Bill Tyne onto the show to talk about baking. So you're going to have to listen in to figure out what is the connective tissue between Sarah's story and baking. Have a listen. Bill, you're hailing from what I presume to be the best state in America right now, Vermont. Yeah, thanks for having me on. We're settled here in Vermont and uh, enjoying the fall season. Love it. Well, I'm talking to you from the Catskills, so uh, I feel like we're Vermont's sister. You've had a, a crazy essentially two years within the baking category. Your public information says that during COVID, baking-related products saw an increase of 24% in revenue. What shifts in the customer journey do you feel are here to stay? Maybe what things have returned to pre-pandemic levels? And and how are you considering moving forward? It's a great question. There's been a lot of shifts in baking behavior. So we definitely benefited from that. We expect some of it to stick around. But Overall customer journey, I think there's some things that are starting to shift back, but a few things that we've seen. One is the overall adoption of e-commerce. I've heard different stats, but it certainly has advanced you know, three to five years faster than, than it would have if not for the pandemic. And so many people tried out this new form of shopping. And, and from my lens, it's actually just getting over the simple hurdles. It's doing it the first time, potentially even just setting up an account. Once you get over the hurdle, it's easier to do it in the future. And so what we're seeing is that maybe people are starting to shift back to not use e-commerce all the time, but it's part of their norm now. and They use it some of the time. And so that's one of the shifts. Another big shift is just discovery. Discovery's changed a lot. And that's a big thing for an enthusiast category like baking, where you're not just buying a snack for, for the afternoon. It, it's more of a hobby in some regard. And so the discovery process has changed a lot. Media has changed where people find things. Search has changed. You know, maybe the the back end of search is still very similar, but with conversational AI bots like Siri and and Alexa, how people access search, why and where they access search is, is certainly different. And that all really reflects in an enthusiast category like baking, where someone might be searching for how to maintain their sourdough starter. So it's not necessarily diving right into a product search. It's, it's more of a process search. And I'd say the last thing is that we're seeing a settling in of, of this multi-channel world. And almost to my first point, maybe some people were using e-commerce entirely at the height of the pandemic. They didn't want to go into the grocery store at all. Now it's just part of their options. And they might do one big shop a week and then 
subsequent shops on e-commerce or, or click and collect. And so we're starting to see that more. And so those are a few things we've definitely seen both in the big shift over the last year and a half, but also where it's settling in now. Let's double click into the whole idea of search and brand discovery, because I like where you're going with that, especially because people are looking for inspiration when when they're baking. That's a big part of it. And so if you're not on page one of search results, it's basically, uh, I forgot, we had a former uh, guest say you could pretty much hide a dead body on page two of search results. So <laughs> Rachel's like, I've done that. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so when you think about the fact that you guys have to be obviously very discoverable and the fact that you said, you know, you were talking about the importance of retail media with all these retailers having private label their fingertips in that they can pretty much game the algorithm to help them. How do you get people to say, I don't just want any flour. I want King Arthur flour. I want King Arthur high gluten flour. Like what makes people say, this is the brand that I want and I will not compromise. It's a great question. And, and I would add to the second page comment that it might be at the bottom of the first page. Like if you're not at the top of the search results, it's really hard to compete. And certainly when people are searching for a product, retailers have a, a big advantage, especially the large retailers, Amazon and Walmart have that advantage that potentially the best you can hope for is third. And so for us, we certainly want to build up all of the inspiration and education behind the product search. So it's potentially that recipe search or what they're baking for. So, so at least we're looking at the top or, or second position for those types of searches, which are actually significantly higher than the product searches. They don't convert as high, but there's a lot more people searching for recipes or baking education. We put a lot of effort into making sure that we're there wherever the consumers are searching. In terms of the product, it's something we keep working on. We have our own direct-to-consumer business, and that's part of it. But ours direct-to-consumer business is, is small compared to the wholesale world or the retail world. And so it's working with, with the individual retailers to make sure that we are a complement to their private label. I think the private label, particularly the premium private label, is a trend that's here to stay. Yeah, I mean, you're right. The frenemy status cannot be ignored, though, right? Absolutely. And, and I think in the past, certainly when I, I've been at King Arthur for over 10 years. And there were some premium private label brands coming up at that point. But private label was generally the kind of the value brand, like the low cost, but low quality option. And now you see a lot more higher end options. I think for where we see baking, and, and we've actually this past year renamed our company, baking company instead of King Arthur Flour. And that's one of the things that we want to make sure consumers know that that's our specialty. Retail brands are across all categories. High quality retail brands have some high quality private label products, but consumers can count on us being experts in that one category. And that's where some of the value lies. We know how to make the best products. We know how to source the best ingredients and we know how to keep that consistent. In terms of like working with our retailers, they also need high service levels. And so private label needs a supply chain as well. A lot of times we just want to make sure that we are the best service provider to them, even when compared against their own brand. And that always keeps us in a well-regarded position within their category. Sometimes it might always be us and private label, but in a category that is one brand or two brands only, we are often that one brand. 
Bill, you just said this this big thing that I feel like is a, a marketing bomb, which is that you renamed the company. A small thing to do to a 230-year-old company. So yeah, <laughs> it feels like it's been five years, but it's been just over a year that we renamed from King Arthur Flower to, to the King Arthur Baking Company and also did a, a full change of our brand expression. We have a new logo. And so that was certainly a big process. It was you know well over a year in the making we ended up continuing the launch process despite the pandemic. And to be honest, with the growth in the baking category, it actually was ended up being well-timed. It ended up being very successful and people were really engaged in baking and liked what they saw when we made the change. Yeah, I mean, talk about timing and probably that earned media lift on the repositioning of the company. Yeah, it was interesting. When, when we launched, our whole plan for the first two months was significantly focused on social media. And last July, there was, you know, a general brand boycott of social media advertising. So we were launching, I think, on July 5th or July 6th, and we decided to turn off all of our advertising for the month. And so we completely shifted to a almost an entirely earned media approach. And we're fortunate enough to pick up a lot of different stories, both about our company, but also about baking in general. And so to some degree, you plan as much as you can, and then you react to what happens. You spoke a lot about you know search, the customer journey, and with that comes hand in hand of content and media. Given that there's so many different ways that a consumer could be approaching your product, how do you think about engaging with them at every step of the funnel? I think this is where King Arthur differentiates ourselves. We put a lot of energy and effort into our approach to building our own audience. We think about it as both baking education as well as inspiration. And this diverse approach to content builds up over time. It's not a one-hit wonder. Over the last five years, we've grown our audience significantly. Our website this past year got almost 50 million unique visitors. But our social media, our email audience, different digital channels have their own fairly large scale. And so by doing that, we're in constant contact with our consumers throughout the year, which is very different than what it might have been 10 years ago, where we'd plan for a campaign run it in October, November, December, and then turn it off for the rest of the year. So now we have a much more always-on approach. And one of the things that it does well is it keeps us in people's minds. So people, when they're thinking about when they actually get to the category and they look to make a purchase, our name stands out. When they're not sure about what the new product they're looking for is and they see our brand, there's a lot of trust there. But it also works from a discovery perspective. That, That significant traffic that we get to our website or the different links that we get from Earn Media help our search results. And so even if people don't come directly to us, which is actually quite often the case, they might come to search first and, and we end up being right up front. All of that helps to make sure that we are seen as the premium baking resource. Products are part of what we do, but we're not a product company or a baking company. I'd like to dive deeper into that. Most importantly, What was the last thing you baked? (laughs) Somebody just asked me that this last weekend. And, you know, I go on and off on how much I bake, but this weekend actually happened to be a pretty big baking weekend. So my daughter and I made a cake. I made rosemary shortbread. I love shortbread. It's one of my favorites. Are you a Ted Lasso fan? (laughs) It's so funny you ask that. We're in the middle of like season two of Ted Lasso. And I actually looked up the Ted Lasso recipe because I think, I think that's shortbread. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, no, I'm a big Ted Lasso fan. Made chocolate chip cookies as well. And then last night we made our homemade corn tortillas. Wow. So it's quite a baking week for us. 
Seriously. Although I feel like that would be a really good collab to do uh shortbread with Ted Lasso. Yeah. I understand the, what they see when the owner of the club on Ted Lasso, when she loves those, that shortbread. It, <laughs> oh, who doesn't love shortbread? Shortbread's amazing. Oh, absolutely. Rachel, what's the last thing you baked? Oh, wow. Does pizza count as baking? You bet. Yeah. So my neighbor has an outdoor pizza oven and I had the time of my life. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. Pizza has been one of our bigger, we have this campaign called Recipe of the Year. And last year, a pan pizza was our recipe of the year. That's been one of the big hits. I think we had maybe 4 million people come to that recipe page, but it also stemmed a lot more pizza baking. And so actually just this next week, we have a big pizza campaign going out. And the big question is, what kind of pizza do you want to bake? Pan pizza? Are you using an outdoor oven? Do you want to make a a Neapolitan pizza? And we have different flours for different crusts, basically. I want all the pizzas, period. (laughs) It's really really not a big deal. Okay, so before we get to the final question, you said the pizza recipe was your recipe of the year. That was last year. If you were a betting man, what would be the recipe of the year this coming year? Well, this current year, cinnamon rolls is is our current recipe of the year. And that's been a real big hit. But I can't let the cat out of the bag for this coming year, but we're only months away. So I would guess it would be something you might find in a New York bakery. I see. That's really not (laughs) difficult to figure out, but sounds good. I'm looking forward. Now I feel like I need to be putting that earned media to good use. So Right, right. We're looking forward to it. I think when we put that attention on one recipe, it usually gets a lot of attention and we also, because it's a it's a big campaign, we put a lot of resources to make sure people can achieve the success with it. That definitely gives me something to do this weekend. So thank you for that. Rachel? So Bill, we've reached the point of our final question, which is what's the bravest thing that you've ever done? <laughs> I really like this question. And I don't know if I've done many brave things, but I'll go on the professional side. We mentioned the, the logo change and the company name. At times, I think that's probably one of the braver things that I've participated in or done. It's a big deal. We're 230 years old. There's a lot that goes into a logo change. But on the flip side, I don't know how brave it is because our teams that put it all together, even you know our operations team that have to actually deal with all the logistics, they're so good. I think it was a brave decision, but actually pulling it off at times doesn't feel brave. So I'll say probably the bravest thing I've done, but the team is what made it happen work really well. Well, Bill and the, the King Arthur Baking Company, we're so appreciative of all your insights. It's such an exciting time to be in the category. And uh, we'll be on the, the lookout in every form of search to see what's next. Great. Thanks, Sarah and Rachel. Thanks for listening. Please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify and Google Podcasts. And don't forget to share this link with a friend. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. 
And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Jackie Cooper, Global Chief Brand Officer at Edelman and the host of Touch of Truth, a new podcast launching on the Adweek Podcast Network. My dad gave me this incredibly smart piece of advice, meet everyone once. As a result, I've met some of the most fascinating and inspiring people on the planet. Now on Touch of Truth, we're coming center stage and sharing the mic to experience stories of truth, insights and visions for the future that will challenge your way of thinking. Touch of Truth is available wherever you listen to podcast. New episodes come out every Tuesday. I do hope to see you there.